streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknotes Morning 5 here on Friday, July 28th, 2023. I am Dave Biddle flying solo on today's show. First of all, I want to talk more about our new sponsor, Factor Meals. My family absolutely loves it, and we're going to tell you guys how you can get in on the action, get 50% off. Uh, Factor Meals is fantastic. It's high-quality food delivered right to your door, anything you can really think of, and it's ready in two minutes. And, you know, steaks, chicken, pork. They have all kinds of pasta dishes, vegetarian meals, smoothies, uh, chili, anything you can think of. So what I want you guys to do is head to factormeals.com, factormeals.com. I'm going to put up here on the banner for if you're watching on YouTube, factormeals.com slash bucknuts50, factormeals.com slash bucknuts50, and you can get 50% off any order. So factormeals.com slash bucknuts50, use code bucknuts50. And get 50% off any order. I highly recommend it. All right. Let's get down to talking about the Buckeyes and some recruiting. Mostly about the Buckeyes. I'm going to get to what we learned from Big Ten Media Days. We're going to talk about Aaron Scott, of course. We already have a few questions that I'm going to get to now from Larry on YouTube. Does Colorado leaving the Pac-12 open the door wider for the Big Ten to get Oregon and Washington? Well, Larry, I will say this. I mean, the Big Ten could have Oregon and Washington anytime they would want. Anytime they'd want, I mean, Oregon and Washington definitely want to come here. From what I was told, talking to some people, a little bit on background at Big Ten Media Days, um, people not affiliated with Ohio State, just people more around the Big Ten. Um, and it's not unanimous, but most Big Ten schools don't want to share more of the pie. They don't believe that Oregon and Washington would really move the meter much. So I would say no, but at any point, the Big Ten could change its mind and Oregon and Washington would walk here. So um I also have heard like the idea that, you know, you got to give USC and UCLA, you know, another West Coast, you know, West Coast team. So they're not on an island. That's true to an extent. But let's remember, L.A. is not that close to Eugene, Oregon and Seattle, Washington. I mean, it's closer than it is Columbus, Ohio, but it's still you're still talking about, you know, um, over a two hour plane ride to, from L.A. to Seattle. You're not just going right up the road. It's not like they're going to San Diego or something or down the road. So. I'm going to say no on that for now, Larry. Um, okay, one more question here. We'll get to for now. This is from M. Colwell on YouTube. What did I think of what was said yesterday at Big Ten Media Days, that this Buckeye team is prepared to win it all and not just beat Michigan? Well, yeah, I mean, they better be, right? I mean, that's got to be the goal. The ultimate goal is to w- win the national championship. But I also like what Marvin Harrison Jr. said. He said, right now our goal has to be, you know, he didn't say get back to like the basics, but – I mean, get back to beating the team up north and winning the Big Ten. I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. does not want to leave Ohio State with zero gold pants and never getting to play in the stadium that his father started. I mean, his father also played at the previous stadium, um, but has his father hanging up there in the rafters, his name. And uh, 
Uh, Marvin Jr. was there when his dad was uh, you know, put in the Colts uh, ring of honor. So, uh, yeah, that's I mean, they are focused on, you know, they're not shy about talking about the Michigan game and the last two years and um, how it's motivating them. But talk is cheap. They're saying we have to prove it. And, um, you know, we'll see. That game can't get here fast enough, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, so there you go with that. Um, one more from him. Do I think they'll have one loss? Um I could see that because this is such a difficult schedule. There's four games that, you know, really stand out at Notre Dame, uh, Penn State, at Wisconsin, which are back-to-back weeks, by the way. Wisconsin's going to be a night game, and they're going to be good. So, and then at Michigan. And there's others that could be a problem, like Maryland, although Ohio State usually smokes them when they come to – let me rephrase that. Ohio State always smokes them when they come to Columbus. College Park, there's been a couple of tight ones. I could see Ohio State having a loss – Still winning the Big Ten. In fact, I've said that before. That's my prediction for this year. Is I think Ohio State's going to be 12-1 and one Big Ten champ and be in the college football playoff. I don't know what the loss is going to be, but I think they're going to slip up once. Um, and But it's not going to be against Michigan is my prediction. I think they're going to get the job done against Michigan this year. So there you go. All right. All right, so I want to get into some stuff that we learned from Big Ten media days. Um, uh, <laughs> somebody says... Uh, I'll get to this about factor meals. Do they have crawfish? They've got, they've got a bunch of seafood. They've got a little bit. I'm telling you, it's high quality. Pretty much anything you can think of they have, and it's ready in two minutes. All right. There you go. Factor meals. Another shout out to them. Um, so we seriously love it here at the house. All right. So biggest thing, let's start with quarterbacks. That's obviously was going to be the big thing. He was not going to name a quarterback. I love my uh, buddy, Tim May. Um, who's been on the beat longer than anybody else asking him the very first question was Ryan, who's your backup quarterback going to be? <laughs> that was such a unique way of asking. Cause we all know he's not going to name the starter. Now Ryan knows himself. I have no doubt. And I'm pretty sure that's Kyle McCord. Um, but he says he's going to probably announce. He wants to announce a couple weeks into camp. He said, now someone has to emerge. I'm not just going to announce a starting quarterback to announce one because it's midway through camp, but that's what they've always done. But he admitted it's different this time around. I mean, even though he didn't announce it till a couple weeks into camp, we all knew Justin Fields was going to be the starter in 19. He was going against Gunnar Hoke and Chugs. I mean, even though they painted that as it was a competition going into camp, it wasn't. And and they basically admitted, even though, it, you know, he, he said it was a competition going into the 2021 season with CJ and Jack Miller and even true freshman Kyle McCord, it really wasn't. He knew all along CJ was his quarterback. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. Um, so... Again, I think that's also important to point out. He always says it's a competition, um, and even now he's kind of admitting it really wasn't the last two times. But then, you know, he said this one is close. He said this one's different. This one is close. I still think Kyle McCord's going to beat out Devin Brown, but I did find it interesting. I took Ryan um, because, you know, he's a football coach. He's not going to, you know, they're going to be very, you know, they're going to be very guarded with their words. But one thing I like about Ryan Day is he's not going to come out and say everything that's on his mind. Why would you do that? But you can read between the lines with him, I think, in a lot of cases. And I believe him when he says it's a close battle. But I also think he knows who his starter is going to be, and it's going to be Kyle McCord. So there you go on that. Um, offensive line. Of course, I'm, I'm the football nerd. We, you know, people want to ask about cool questions like, you know, conference expansion and, and all this other good stuff, quarterbacks. And I want to know about the offensive line. So, uh, But seriously, it's been – we've talked about it throughout the offseason. It's got to be the biggest concern. I mean, quarterback – um, I guess you could say it's a concern. I don't think it is. Um, I think whoever wins that job is going to have a really good year. But offensive line, we'll see what happens. Losing three NFL draft picks off the line last year, three new starters, breaking in a new starting center. We'll see how that goes. At least they've got both guards back. Um, and Ryan Day said, you know, a lot of guys are in the mix. 
I found it interesting. I'm sure this jumped out to a lot of you as well. He threw out Luke Montgomery when I asked him about the offensive line and kind of how he feels about it. I did, did not expect him to throw that. Now, I don't think Luke Montgomery is going to start as a true freshman. But just the fact that he was named, and again, when a coach is naming guys off the top of his head, he's going to probably leave somebody out. I did notice he left Zen Mahalski out. I don't know if I'd look too much into that because I was told they like Zen. But he did mention Tegra, Shabola. That kid, if they can get him, I mean, he just – he looks like exactly what you'd want from like a right tackle or maybe even a guard, 6'6", 330, moves well for that size, just looks like a Hulk out there. Only a redshirt freshman, so Tegra's got a lot of uh, a lot of upside. Sounds like Josh Fryer's definitely going to be the left tackle. I mean, Brian Day didn't go that far, but that was the first name out of his mouth as they feel good about Josh Fryer at tackle. No surprise there. And I imagine Carson Hinsman um, will be the starting center. They said he was one of the bright spots of um, spring. Now he'll be, you know – Vic Cutler uh, didn't come here to just sit on the bench, so he's going to battle there and also battle at the guard spots, at least have some, you know, he knows he's not going to start at guard, but at least be ready as a backup in case one of those guys gets injured. Enoch Vamahi will be another backup guard. Um, you have Jacob James will be in the mix at center, along with Vic Cutler, probably backing up Carson Hensman. So we'll see. If they can be good on the offensive line, Ohio State's going to be a massive, massive problem this year for their opponents. All right. Fire away with any questions you guys might have. All right. So, Aaron Scott, Sunday. Finally going to happen, right? Probably. Would it shock any of us if he said, eh, I'm actually going to push it back a little bit? No, I'm kidding. I think he actually does want to get it over with before his senior season starts. And he's had fun with the process, but uh, it's his dad's birthday on Sunday. So, um, I'm sticking with my guns. I think he's going to be a Buckeye. I think he's been having fun with the process. And, uh, I'm not going to call it trolling. He's a 17-year-old kid. He's having fun. He's not – he's just having fun. Um, so, uh, once-in-a-lifetime experience, have some fun, young man. And I think he's going to be a Buckeye. Keep it locked to Bucknuts. We shall find out. Um, and um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. And it's I'm, – I'm, a lot of times we'll know in advance – not that we're going to tell you this, but like – so I could be lying right now that we do know. But a lot of times we'll know in advance when we can't say anything. And we don't know in advance this time. We were not given a heads up like, hey, you can't say anything, but he's, you know, this is what's happening. Not this time. So keeping it close to the vest, having fun with it. But I think he's going to be a Buckeye. Bam. So there you go. All right. Let's get to some of this. Some of your, some of your cues in the queue. Okay. Kojo Antwi question. Christopher on YouTube. How's Kojo Antwi doing? Is he more or less likely to transfer next spring? He seems happy because they didn't even redshirt him last year. He played all over special teams. And I do think, I don't know if help is the right word. I think the fact that Caleb Brown and Caleb Burton transferred kind of helps Antwi and Keon Grays, the other two members from that 2022 recruiting class. I don't think they want to have all four of those guys transfer. And I, you know, Caleb Brown's the one I think that had a chance of playing here. I, Caleb Burton, I don't think, probably had that much of a chance. That's how kid was like a high four star. At one point he was like a five star and then dropped to a four star. And I'm saying he, he he couldn't play here. Nothing against that kid. He's probably going to do well at Auburn, but just Ohio State's so freaking loaded at wide receiver. It's ridiculous. Go back to two years ago, Marvin Harrison Jr. Couldn't even see the field till the Rose bowl because they were so stacked. Um, probably the same thing's going to happen this year with Carnell Tate, Noah Rogers and those guys and Brandon Ennis are just so damn good. How, who are you going to take off the field for those guys? As Brian Hartland says all the time, if I take, Marvin Harrison Jr. off the field for you, you need to be at least as good as Marvin Harrison Jr. Well, good luck with that. If I take a Mecca book off the field for you, you need to be as good as a Mecca. 
good luck with that. So those guys will be future studs, just like Marvin and Emeka are right now. But uh, I don't think I don't think Hartline's going to change his spots, man. If you're in the change his stripes, I think if you're in that top four, you're set. If you're not, yeah, you probably are only playing during you know fourth quarter blowouts most likely. They'll sprinkle those guys in though. I think when the game's on the line, sprinkle them in here and there. But if Marvin, th- hopefully Marvin and Emeka stay healthy. I don't think we're going to see uh, very much of the true freshman when the game is on the line. They might sprinkle them in here and there. Maybe I'll be wrong, and this is the year they'll use like a deep rotation receiver. But when you've got perhaps the two best wide receivers in college football, definitely the best. And I, if there's a, a, somebody better than a Mecca other than Marvin, I'd love to see them. Um, you have probably the two best receivers in college football. Um, I, I want to see those guys out there as much as possible. And you got Julian Fleming, you got Xavier Johnson, you got Jaden Ballard. Um, so I don't think Kojo Antwi is going to transfer after this year. We'll see. Um, he just seems like he's happy to be at Ohio state. That can change. If he goes through another year and doesn't get like any catches or not many, then things can change. But I'll, I'll say he'll stick around for at least another year through his junior year. And then if he wants to go somewhere else, a senior, maybe he'll do that. We'll see Tom on YouTube. What does everyone think about coach day suggesting moving the Michigan game to earlier in the season? Yeah, I don't, I don't like that. I see what he's saying. And, and to be clear, in his defense, he threw it out there. He said, I think it's worth a discussion. And then he made it crystal clear. I want to say I am not saying it needs to be moved. He just said it's worth talking about because last year they're getting rid of divisions, which I'm sure most of you know. Not this year, starting next year. So the Big Ten JV gets one more year of existence. And they get somebody to sneak in um, in the Big Ten championship game one more time. But last year, if they didn't have divisions, what would have happened? Back-to-back Ohio State-Michigan games. That was Coach Day's point. Me, I saw that. I'm like, no, no, no. And I knew as soon as he came out of his mouth, even though he clarified it, I knew people were going to jump. Buckeye fans were not going to like to hear that because I'm the same way. I heard that. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's our Super Bowl every year. It's one thing that we love on both sides of the rivalry. You know you're going to get our – version of the Super Bowl every year, the last game of the regular season. If they happen to be the best two teams, it's not going to happen every year. And so be it. Then there'll be a rematch the next week and both teams will get in the playoffs anyway because they're going to be 12 teams in the playoffs. So maybe they'll play three times. That's what you get when you keep adding, 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 adding. I like the four teams. But now Ohio State can finish nine and three most years and still get in the playoffs. Ten and two is a lot. So – I didn't like I, – I understood where he's coming from, but I want to see the game stay where it's at. We already have too much other crap that's changing. <laughs> like, I, And I'm not a guy that's like, we do it this way because we've always done, us that, always done it that way. That's not good logic. You should look at it. If we're starting from scratch, how would we do it? But uh, certain things like the Ohio State-Michigan game, man, it's just special the way it is. There's no reason to change it, in my opinion. Just out of the chance there could be a rematch the following week, okay, I mean, there'd be a – rematch anyway if you're talking about playing in the middle your reason for changing is to play in the middle of the season yeah it'd be a rematch the following week but okay we see in the nfl all the time not necessarily the next week but you play your teams in your division twice we'll get used to it quickly and it's not going to happen every year anyway so we'll see what happens chad on youtube he says dave i was struck by how relaxed the guy seemed ryan day really seems to have hit his stride do you get the same vibe Yes, sir, I do. I felt the exact same way. And it's a, you know, it's not like relaxed, like we got it made in the shade. It's like a, a, a quiet confidence and some self-awareness where they know, listen, we can't do what we did the last, you know, I know last year we came within this, whatever. They, they know it's unacceptable in Columbus, Ohio. And I, I, 
I appreciate that while still having that quiet confidence, almost like they know something, like something's coming this year. But frankly, I felt the same way last year. I thought the Michigan game was a one-year aberration. Michigan had to come to Columbus. And I'm like, look, all year I was saying, this Michigan's going to be in trouble having to come to Columbus and look what happened. So they got to prove it. But I agree with you. I completely agree with you. Isaiah on YouTube, do you sense a different type of energy from Ryan Day that has trickled down to the team? I don't know. I mean, he – I've always liked his energy. I just thought in the Michigan game last year he coached tight, and he pretty much admitted that because he said going once they got that second life going into the Georgia game, what did Ryan Day say? He said, we're never, ever again going to play tight. We're going to play loose. We're going to play aggressive. We're not going to play tight. He wouldn't have said that unless he meant translation. We – we puckered up against Michigan. We played tight because they did. They felt the pressure and they played tight. And um, and then once Michigan got some momentum going, then it snowballed. Early on in that game, Ohio State looked like the better team. They couldn't do anything. Michigan's offense couldn't do anything until that little pass on third down, Cornelius Johnson, I believe, and then Cam Brown whiffs on a tackle. Jack Sawyer's late getting there. Boom, they have momentum. So we'll see what happens. But uh, – uh, yeah, I think I think they're a confident bunch, but they're not getting over their skis by any means. They know they've fallen short the last two years, even though they came within what I consider an inch of the winning the national championship last year. Not an inch. Obviously, the kick didn't miss by an inch. You know what I mean, though. Uh, very close to winning the national championship. They would have beat TCU, in my opinion. Of course, Michigan thought they were going to beat TCU, too, so who knows. David on YouTube. When is the last time I have seen the Big Ten this strong? I don't think I have. I mean, Penn State, this is probably the best Penn State roster that I can remember. Oh, I almost said since 94. I won't give them that. But, like, um, by the way, Penn State got screwed in 1994. They should have been national. They should have shared the national championship. It's ridiculous they didn't. <laughs> it's ridiculous. They finished undefeated uh, Big Ten champs, blew out Ohio State, and they finished number two because, they oh, they had a somewhat close game against Indiana, which really wasn't close. Um, they also had a really good team, I believe, in 99. Was that the LeVar Arrington year? So this is Penn State's best team since at least then, in my opinion, as far as, like, talent. But James Franklin as a game coach, eh, that gives me some trepidation um, if I was going to pick Penn State. And then you have Michigan and Ohio State. Um, boom, boom. Everybody has them, you know, clearly in the top four. And Vegas – as Ohio State ahead of Michigan. If you look at the betting odds, Ohio State's actually the favorite to win the Big Ten. Ohio State has the better odds to win the national championship compared to Michigan. You look at all the human polls there, everybody's picking Michigan over Ohio State. You know, we're all, at least mostly I would believe, we might have some fans from other teams here. We're all Buckeyes here, so we're like, come on, that's, that's you know. But if you're, it makes sense if you're like, you take the Buckeye hat off. Michigan's beat them the last two years. The game's in Ann Arbor. Michigan's got a ton of returning starters. Michigan's not breaking in a new quarterback. Ohio State is. So you understand it from the outside, but I'm pretty confident. We'll see. But, yeah, the Big Ten's strong as heck, man. And then you look at Wisconsin is going to be good because, you know, obviously one of the things that's held them down since they've had since they had the one year with Russell Wilson is quarterback play. Now they have Tanner Mordecai in there, and they bring in a guy, you know, from uh, North Carolina um, that's going to open it up but still run the ball. There was one year at North Carolina they had when he was there. They had two thousand-yard running backs. They're still going to be able to run the ball. I mean, Allen is one of the best running backs in the Big Ten, one of the best running backs in the country entering his junior year. You know they're going to have good offensive linemen. Now they have a quarterback that can throw it. Luke Fickle is going to be an upgrade over Paul Christ. I'm not ready to say Luke Fickle's in the next, like, you know, 
amazing head coach in college football. I think he's very good. What he did at Cincinnati cannot be ignored. He had a four and eight season his first year, and then the next five years, there's something like 50 and 12 or something like that, like combined, maybe better than that. His final five years at Cincinnati, I mean, hats off to Luke, and I'm happy for him. But it's weird that he's at Wisconsin. Wisconsin's going to be good. Some people think Iowa's going to be good this year. They have Cade McNamara now. I still, I mean, we'll see. Um, but uh, I'm sure they'll, their defense will be good and their offensive line will be good and their tight ends will be good. So, you know, you look at Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. I mean, Maryland's going to be sneaky good with Tunga Vialoa back and, you know, some of the athletes they have, although Mike Loxley is a head coach, not seeing it. Um, and we'll see if anybody else can jump up from the West. But you look at that top five, really, or the top four of Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, and then Wisconsin. That's formidable, especially the three from the East. And thank goodness they're finally getting rid of divisions. Next year. Next year, next year. Okay. From Facebook. Facebook in the house. Bill on Facebook. What does our punter and field goal kickers look like this year? Jesse Murko's back for his third year as the punter, the young man from Australia. And I thought he got definitely got better. He wasn't bad as a true freshman, but it was his first time ever playing American football. I thought he got markedly better last year, and I expect him to have a big year this year. Field goal, um, to be determined. It's a, a, a competition between USC transfer Parker Lewis, actually transferred last year but sat out. He's got two years of eligibility left. And then Jaden Fielding, who was the kickoff specialist last year, he's got three years of eligibility left because counted as a year of eligibility last year as a true freshman. Those guys will battle it out. My guess is Fielding will still be the um, – Kickoff guy, and I'm guessing if I had to pick, I'll say Parker Lewis, but I think it's going to be close. We'll see what happens. Mika on YouTube. What about G. Scott Jr.? Yeah, I think G is right there. I mean, he's solid, you know, at the very worst, the number three tight end. I mean, Jelani Thurman is a future star, but I think it's going to be hard for him to play a lot as a true freshman. Um, I mean, he's a big dude, um, but, you know, is he ready to be the blocker that they need him to be? Um G continues to get bigger, and um, they like they like where he's at. They feel like he's, you know, done everything they've asked, and it's impressive that to me that he hasn't transferred, you know, and has Cade Stover as the starter. And I'm hearing Joe Royer's the solid number two. I mean, G's going to push him. I'm hearing Joe Royer's going to be the number two. When they go 12 personnel, you're going to see Cade Stover and Joe Royer out there a lot. But they will play three tight ends. We've seen it. Not always together. In fact, very, very rarely have three tight ends together on the field, but they'll use a total of three tight ends. So G will – G will run in there with some 12 personnel and be that second tight end at times. So, and if somebody gets hurt, then he's, bam, he's in the two deep. And maybe he'll get in the two deep anyways. Rob on Facebook, do I think the possibility of Larry Johnson retiring is hurting defensive end recruiting? Uh, I don't know. It maybe, I, but maybe Larry's telling these guys he's going to be there because he's every time he's asked about it, he's like, I've never said anything about recruiting or <laughs> he's never said anything about recruiting. He's never said anything about retiring. He says, I, I feel young. I feel good. I still want to do this. So we'll see. I see what you're saying though. I mean, I wouldn't write it off. Certainly wouldn't write it off. Another one from Josh on Facebook, who will be running back one. I'll go with Travion Henderson, but man, I've said it's close. I, mean, I like all five of these guys. I put Pryor fifth just because he's coming off that torn patellar tendon, but like um, I still like him. And if he's he's healthy, that's great news. In fact, that's another thing I want to talk about. All you know, I think Ryan Day's talking about the health of this team was really good news at Big Ten Media Day. He said, you know, if you got a couple of, of you know things that you, your heart really goes out, you know, Avery Henry having to retire from football and um, Zach Herbstreit's got a long way back. 
um, from his health scare. But, um, you know, as far as other than Avery Henry, as far as the scholarship guys, and certainly as far as any of the frontline guys, they're going to the season healthy, going to the camp healthy, according to Ryan Day. And that would include guys like, unless he's, you know, unless he wasn't being forthcoming, that would include guys like Evan Pryor, Court Williams, guys that have, you know, Mitchell Melton. Mitchell Melton was out there throughout spring. Um, a guy that can add some depth at the end. Um, all those guys are healthy, so that's great news. But I'll go with um, I'll go with Travion. But man, I like Trey. I like Mayan. I like Dallin Hayden a lot. Now he's bigger. He was good as a true freshman. Reasonable to assume he'll be better as a junior. So, yeah, I um, and you know, and I like Chip. I thought Chip Trey Hannum looked really good in the spring. Not like oh, he, he could probably get the job done. I thought he looked really good. Tough, hard to tackle, and then has wheels. Really good wheels for a two hundred thirty pound back. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we have people saying, you know, Rob on Facebook, I'd take any of the five backs as running back one. That's how this, let's just hope they stay healthy. That was the thing last year, man. I'm, I'm confident any of those guys can get the job done as well. So <laughs> Eric on just Brandon Baker. I think he wants to know what's going to happen with Brandon Baker. I don't know that. I feel like Justin Fry, that, that would just be huge for him because the guys he's gotten have been like local guys. You know, out of state, he got Ian Moore, who's a good get. But Justin Fry's from Indiana, played at Indiana, and Ohio State's recruited the state of Indiana well anyway. It's a bordering state, obviously. Um, so I, him landing not just the number one offensive tackle in the country, but going all the way to California to do it, that would be a huge feather in his cap. Um, and that would be the perfect way to finish off this O-line class. You know, I think that, you know, you got four in it already, and guys that, uh, you know, Again, I don't think Fry's going to get a ton of credit for landing those guys because they're all local. But um, a good group of four that now can be a stellar group of five if they get Brandon Baker. I don't know. It's between Ohio State and Oregon. I'm not close to enough close enough to it to make a call on it. Um, Bill Curlick and Steve Wilfong, I defer to those guys, and I don't think they've put a crystal ball in yet. So um, we'll see what happens. But um, Aaron Scott's going to be the big one. That's this Sunday. So. Um, yeah, they've got they've got a couple. Well, Mika, they've got a couple of um, walk on backs they like. TC Caffey's coming off that injury. Man, he looked good last year before that injury. He he had one of the best seasons in Ohio high school football history his senior year of high school. And then they landed a young man from Maslin, uh, Will Hartson, um, who is a true freshman this year. Another guy that had MAC offers, scholarship offers, a bunch of one double A offers, turned him down to be a walk on preferred walk on at Ohio State. So. Um, yeah, they've got um, five scholarship guys, and they've got a couple of walk-ons that can get the job done if needed. Uh, that's too bad about T.C. Caffey last year. The way, how banged up they were, he probably would have been, like, you know, getting carries in the national championship game. If, or not that. Basically, was the national championship game against Georgia. Marvin Harrison even referred to it as the national championship game, and he, he didn't catch himself. He's like, I've done a lot. I, this is when he was talking about, I haven't played in a Big Ten championship game. You know, he wants to, he, he wants to get that opportunity he's like i played in a national championship game <laughs> it basically was i was waiting for him to be like well it's a semifinal it's like i played in the rose bowl i played in the national championship game yeah but i haven't played in the big 10 championship game i thought that was funny um all right um appreciate you guys riding with me on this uh solo edition of the bucknuts morning five again head to factormeals.com backslash bucknuts 50 you code use code bucknuts 50 to get 50 percent off any order factormeals.com slash Bucknuts 50. Use code Bucknuts 50 to get 50% off any order. Highly recommend it. Great stuff. Thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for all the comments and the questions. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. 